Welcome to the Nutrition on a Mission podcast. I'm Dr. James Gieselman, and my co-host is Coach Drew Sands. And together, we bring some of the leading nutritional and healthcare providers, world-class athletes, and exercise and fitness influencers from across the country who incorporate nutrition in either their practices or day-to-day lives. Our guests share with you their stories of what led them to their passion for nutrition and how you can incorporate this into your life. Drew, how's your week going? It hasn't been bad, actually. I've been in the process of moving all week Mm. um, and... You know, outside of my hate for moving, like I absolutely despise moving. Yep. It's, you know, it's been nice. You know, I'm in a new town and, you know, the things that come with that, discovering, you know, everything that's new to me. Yep. Um, my most recent discovery is that I can have groceries delivered to my door. It's like DoorDash for groceries. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's completely new. You know, I've been in a town of 500 people to, you know, a town of, you know, probably, no, a million people. So yeah. um, the problem with that is I feel like I don't get the full effect of walking every aisle and buying the things that I really don't need. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would help me stay on budget. You know, I mean, I am not a fan of moving. That just sounds terrible. I'm sorry you oh, had to I go through it. it. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm saying at least top five most least enjoyable things that I ever want to do is move. And Same. Just the idea of moving, I don't like. But the idea of grocery delivery now, I mean, that does sound kind of appealing, but you are kind of losing the whole, you know, half the fun of going to the grocery store or any other store is just a people watch. Oh, I know. And I also, if I don't go, I don't have the opportunity to pick my produce. And, you know, just the idea of, you know, someone else picking produce that's, you know, soft or unripe, like, no, don't let me go pick my own own produce. Uh, I 100% agree with that. The last time, which was also the first time, and coincidentally is the last time, uh, that I ordered curbside. It was from one of those very popular nationwide chains, and the garlic had already sprouted. The tomatoes were soft. I just, uh, I I couldn't. I can't. So I'll just, I'll stick with going to the grocery store. That's the sacrifice that I, I make for living in a small town, I guess. I won't have anything delivered to my door. (laughs) Um, but you know, one of the main purposes of this podcast, you know, we educate and we introduce listeners to, um, different nutritional concepts. And so, you know, that's why I'm really excited about today's chat. We're going to talk about the vegan lifestyle, which for, you know, listeners, especially our students, they're they're like, but Dr. James, you're, you're a keto guy. Well, I may be a keto guy, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other ways of thinking out there. So, Drew, can you introduce our listeners to Dr. Alicia Rosenfox? I sure can. Dr. Alicia Rosenfox, a New York licensed chiropractor, a certified clinical nutritionist, a diplomate of the American Clinical Board of Nutrition, and a certified dietitian nutritionist. Dr. Rosenfox graduated with her Bachelor's of Science in Nutrition and Food Sciences and was employed as a clinical dietitian before continuing her education at Life Chiropractic College, now Life University, in Marietta, Georgia. Dr. Rosenfox then completed her master's in human nutrition at the University of Bridgeport. She has been teaching for the city of New York for over 26 years, holding New York state teaching licenses in chemistry, biology, and health, and has retired as of March of 2023. She is presently an associate professor at Kingsborough College of the City University of New York, where she teaches anatomy and physiology and nutrition. 
Dr. Rosenfox has authored numerous journal articles on clinical nutrition and promoting nutrition and health, and has also maintained a private practice since 1991, specializing in natural and alternative treatments in healthcare. The opinions expressed in this podcast are based on Dr. Rosenfox's academic knowledge and experience, and is no reflection or affiliation with her teachings at the City University of New York. Dr. Rosenfox, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. You know, Drew and I were talking beforehand. We uh, are really excited about this topic today. Um, you know, it's a topic that I think I'm going to learn quite a bit about myself. Um, so I, full disclosure, I've been on a ketogenic diet for quite a while. So I mean, we're going the exact opposite of that spectrum. Um, and so it's just always nice to bring in, you know, other providers, other um you know, individuals in the nutrition field that really love and are passionate about their um, area. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what led you to where you are today? Uh, well, I'm a chiropractor um, and I, I went to school. My first degree is in nutrition and food science, um, dietitian. That was my first degree. Um, and then I became a chiropractor. Um, then I went to school, uh, I, I need more information on nutrition. So I went back to school after becoming a chiropractor and got my degree in my master's degree in nutrition and food science, um, actually human nutrition. And then, um, I got my diploma in nutrition from the American uh, clinical board of nutrition. And then I became the uh, president, vice president first, and then the president of the Council on Nutrition. And then um, I became the um, president of the American Clinical Board of Nutrition simultaneously for, um, <laughs> for a little while, but then um, the president. So had a lot going on. Oh, we had a lot going on. <laughs> we had a lot going on. I'm still quite active. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also a 26-year uh, teacher of chemistry, just retired um, for New York City uh, Public Schools. I'm a professor at um, CUNY, uh, which is City University of New York. I teach um, anatomy and physiology and nutrition. Um, that's, that's just on the side. Just on the practice. side. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so you already kind of you know, hit on, um, you know, being vegan, could you, you know, explain the, the vegan diet or the vegan lifestyle for our listeners who, you know, may not be super familiar with it? So it's nothing with a face. <laughs> I don't need any animal products. Um, but it's, it's like you said, um, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to a diet culture. Um, I'm careful about the words they say, uh, especially in this paradigm. Um, so it's, it's no more of a diet. It's more of a lifestyle. So um, living in a capital society as we do, and I don't want to get political about it, but maybe I will be a little because it's the way I am. Um, and in consumerism, I, um, it was more of a lifestyle change for me. Um, my background and my family, I have a lot of genetic propensity for um, ischemic heart disease, for uh, a higher BMI, for 
um, a higher blood glucose, and you know, a higher total cholesterol. So I was looking for a lifestyle that was going to change that. And it did immediately, you know, um, I never had those problems before, but um, definitely changed my BMI. And in those years, in the 1980s, um, you know, diet culture was very prominent. You know, everybody was on a diet. Yep. <laughs> so you probably remember the whole fad diets. Uh, I mean, I talk about a nutrition um, from, you know, like the 90s. It seemed like the big um, fad diet there was fat-free everything. Oh, everything, everything, everything was fat free. And that was just the big rage. And I mean, obviously, you know, having been on a ketogenic diet, you can imagine that we start to talk about the fat in nutrition class. And, you know, when you take out the fat, like I tell my students, when you take out the fat, you have to replace it because it's not going to, it's not going to be good. So we're either going to replace it with sugar or we're going to replace it with salt typically most of the time. And that's what happened. A lot of the foods were replaced with a lot of sugar and, I think that was, that wasn't so good. (laughs) I think, yeah, that put a lot of, a lot of, um, excess weight on people. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, to make the food taste good, it was replaced with sugar. And yeah, I don't think that that was a good idea. Everything was low fat and it was replaced with chemicals or sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's what, that was what we were told to do. You know, it was interesting. And, and you know, Dr. Gizmo, I want to I say, and I was a little suspicious because here I was, a brand new dietitian, one year, you know, your total cholesterol was supposed to be 300. I was supposed to document, you know, if anybody total cholesterol was like, you know, 300 or under. And then the next year, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Lipitor came out, and now you had to be under 200. I was a little suspicious. Why is that happening? Yep, light bulbs went off. I was like, "Mm mm-hmm, something's wrong. Why, all of a sudden, now you had to be under 200. Is this real? Or are they just trying to push their pill? Are people really getting sick? And then I was like, I don't know, maybe we're doing something wrong, mm-hmm. you know? So mm, I, I was suspicious right away. Had a problem with it. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the vegan lifestyle. Let's talk about, yeah. uh, cause I, I agree, you know, whether it's ketogenic, whether it's vegan, I mean, the whole idea of the diet, and we'll talk about this in you know, greater depth in, in a little bit, like I'm not a fan of the diet. When, when I think patients hear the word diet, they think something, a quick fix. And it's very much for me, what, you know, no matter what you prescribe to, it's a lifestyle. I mean, if you're not able to do it day in and day out, I mean, I think there's an issue there. And so my question is, how do we actually do a correct vegan lifestyle? Because I think some people are listening, thinking, oh, I just don't eat meat and don't eat, you know, animal products, but I can keep eating all the processed nasty food. Like, how should we go about doing it? What's the correct way? Well, you know, I think that I've seen a lot of vegans eating processed foods. I mean, mm-hmm. there's more processed foods now than when I started, you know, <clears throat> 26 years ago. <laughs> okay. Um, it was one, you know, um, mm-hmm. the, the, it's, 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 I don't think 
food in itself is not bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's no bad food. And I, I want to touch on nutritionism a little bit okay. because I saw that word come out and that scared me. Nutritionism. It's like, mm-hmm. is it a belief now? You know, <laughs> I thought it was a science, but now it's a belief. Okay. Right. No, um, it's, but You know, I don't think processed foods for a start is a bad thing. Maybe, you know, if we want, if we're, I was used to, I grew up with a diet that was heavily meat. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you want to start out eating a meat analog, for example, like a Beyond Burger, an Impossible Burger. Okay. I don't say it's healthier or, you know, just as healthy or something else. And definitely better for the climate. Let's face it. Okay. We have major climate problems. Okay. So here's the lifestyle I'm talking about. When we utilize our, our, our dollar, we're voting. Okay. And we are, you know, we're doing, this is consumerism. We are voting for, okay, what's next? What's coming up next? There are new things that are coming up. They're, they're taking cells right now and they're making meat with those cells. Now, it's not going to be vegan. It's going to be meat. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to be using the square footage to, to, to do animal husbandry that they're doing now. Is it going to be better for the planet? I'm sure it is. Are we going to use less, you know, land to do this? Yes. Is it going to be better for us? We're not sure yet. Okay. I mean, is that because of like the chemicals that we, you know, like the processing to create that stuff? I mean, like, like why would you, what's some of the reason? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Okay. We don't know if making this, you know, genetic, genetically Genetically, you know, process, we don't know. We're just trying it out. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a genetic, we're taking the best meat available and we're taking those cells from the meat and we're creating tissue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is that going to be better for the climate? Yes. Now you asked me, I went off on a little tangent there. You asked me, okay, talk about the vegan lifestyle. Why is that? You know, Mm -hmm. but what I was saying is that let's say you wanted to start vegan, you know, a vegan lifestyle. You don't have to go all vegan. A lot of people go Mm plant-based. Okay. Starting out with vegan analogs, starting out with processed foods. Okay. Start out that way because we're used to eating a, a very high meat-based diet. So start out that way. See what you can do. I, I grew up in a very privileged society, a situation. I have those foods available to me. But a lot of my students say, you know, the nearest grocery store that has like a Whole Foods or something that is really, really nice, that has really great vegetables, is miles and miles away from me. So I can't say that, I mean, I live in a privileged situation. A lot of people do not. So maybe their freshest vegetables are in a McDonald's salad. Okay. Mm -hmm. And some of your patients are going to come in and say, I don't have 
that kind of luxury. Yeah. So how do we work within the paradigms of what they can accomplish? We can. We can. We just have to see what they can accomplish. Mm-hmm. So, so what kind does of- that look like? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Going, going along that same route, what are some of those challenges? Like, you know, you talked about being miles away. What are some of the other challenges that are, you know, people are faced with when trying to to turn, you know, vegan or, or you know, develop the there's vegan a, lifestyle? Yeah, there's a lot of education I think we need to do. People are not used to cooking that way. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of influencers now out there um, that are going on TikTok Um, like Lizzo, like the Korean vegan. I mean, there's a lot of people out there right now that are doing a great job of showing people, hey, we can do it. We're out there right now. And here, here's a way of cooking that you can do. Everybody can do it. There are options out there. Okay, and that can, you know, lower your cholesterol without going on Lipitor or, you know, um, eat a different, eat something different, try something different. I even think that the fast food places are trying these things. Try a, a Beyond Burger or an Impossible Burger. See if you like it. Try it. And a lot of people say, yeah, I do like it. And if it was available to me, I would eat that. Mm -hmm. So you alluded to it a little bit right there. Like, what are some of the benefits that you would say going from the standard American diet over to a vegan diet might, um, you know, have for patients? Like, how soon can I start to notice some of those benefits? And what are the benefits that I'm looking for? Well, you know, I can go on... Conjecture. There's plenty of studies um, saying that one of the, I mean, there's a lot of studies that say that it lowers ischemic heart disease, um, lowers BMI, which to me, BMI, okay, don't get me started with BMI. (laughs) Not my favorite subject, but um, vegans do tend to have a lower BMI. Definitely lower blood glucose, depending on, again, the foods you eat, and definitely lowers cholesterol because, again, meat products are our only source of cholesterol dietarily, but our bodies will make cholesterol, obviously, as a, as a component of bile to break, to break down fat. So if you eat a high-fat diet, your body will make a lot of cholesterol and then reabsorb it. So that's another way to get a lot of cholesterol into your bloodstream. So either a lower fat diet or don't eat cholesterol at all. (laughs) Then you don't have to worry about it, right? Right. So obviously people who stop eating a lot of cholesterol notice it right away. And yes, their cholesterol goes down immediately. Okay. So, you know, what are some of the risks of, you know, a vegan lifestyle if it's not followed correctly? You know, I'm, I'm assuming there's, you know, some well, there are inherent risks. risks. Sure. Um, 
because B12, vitamin D, and there are other nutrients also that, and B12, vitamin D, these are the, the, the big two that you have to watch out for. Um, if you eat, especially on a, a very long-term vegan diet like myself, um, you might want to take a supplement. There are foods that you can eat um, that like um, yeast, nutritional yeast, um, and, and there are soy products and other products that have vitamin D in them now um, mm -hmm. that are or fortified with that vitamin D. But there and but there's you can take supplements. You don't have to eat meat um, to get these to get these nutrients anymore. And you can stay, stay out in the sun to get your vitamin D. But notoriously, especially I live in the um, the eastern part of the United States, we're notoriously low in vitamin D anyway. And that doesn't matter if you eat meat or don't eat meat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, everybody is low in vitamin D. And maybe not because of not eating meat. It could be because, you know, we're wearing a lot of sunscreen, yeah. you know. <laughs> and there are other reasons as well. So so kind of going along the same lines of supplementation, you know, I know um, I get a lot of students ask, like, you know, should I just eat uh, my food or should I get use supplements? And then, you know, Obviously, the dietitians I feel like are the ones that say, you know, yes, the the diet should be where all the nutrients come from, which I agree with. But I also throw on the caveat with, unfortunately, the the diet that most Americans are eating just simply doesn't supply it. So I'm in the pro supplement category is where I am, um, and it also sounds like you know you're you're of the same boat. I mean, what are some of the supplements that besides the vitamin, you know, B12 or the D? Um, you know, what are some supplements? You know, how am I looking for the supplement? Kind of give our listeners a crash course on, you know, I had an instructor in school say, don't get anything from the walls, Walgreens, Walmart. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how do I as a consumer find, um, you know, an acceptable, good quality supplement? Well, I think you should go to, to a good quality practitioner. I like okay. that answer. <laughs> and then you find what you need. Okay. Um, that, that's the only way I think is the way to go. Uh, you can't just guess. Yep. There's no way of just guessing in this situation. You need to, there are parameters and you don't, and you know what? You don't want to waste your money. Because mm -hmm. supplements are extremely expensive. And, you know, why buy something you can't take, you don't need? Yep. Okay. And, and it's very expensive urine, I call it. Wow. Well, very expensive Absolutely. urine. Because yeah. even if you're buying the best supplements in the, in the world, how do you know you need them? Unless you are being tested by a quality practitioner. I mean, that's what Drew and I talk about a lot with our clients. I mean, you know, we can, we can recommend supplements. And, you know, and a lot of clients really love their supplements, right? They want to take everything that's going to help them and, and benefit them. But that's what we like to do. We like to start small just because there's no reason to, you know, for lack of a better term, just throw the kitchen sink at them and see what sticks. I mean, that's, yeah. a expensive, that's an expensive kitchen sink whenever we were talking about supplements. And, 
And so if something's working and I've given you nine suggestions, right, you're taking nine different supplements. Now the question is, which one's really working? Because it could just be one, could be all nine, you know, synergistically going together. But but nine brands or nine products a month will quickly add up. Exactly. And, you know, Dr. Giesman, I really like to say that our food supply has all the nutrients in it that it needs. However, you know, where are we getting it from? Are we getting it from, you know, soil that has been, you know, full of nutrients or soil that has, you know, not been, you know, used over and over again? We don't know that anymore. I'd love to say that my backyard, you know, has this great soil and, you know, I could put in what I put in in the backyard and I'm eating just from my backyard. Okay, I have never gardened a day in my life. I don't know. I live in New York City, you know. I, you know but I know that you know my great grandparents did. You know, right. I'm not eating that way. I have to rely on others to do that. And we, when we have to rely on others, you know, and, and I'll say, oh, I'm going to buy just organic. They have a, and yes, maybe it does. Okay, but I don't know that for sure. I don't. And there are studies, there are research studies that say, yeah, organic produce has a little bit better. And maybe even local produce has a little bit better, okay, of a nutrient storage in, in, the, in the fruit and the vegetables. Mm-hmm. But again, we don't know that for sure. Yeah. So you're right. You have to go to a quality practitioner to get, get your nutrients looked mm-hmm. at. And so, else. What, what should our listeners and consumers be looking for in the grocery store? You know, what, you know, especially if they're not growing it themselves, what, what should they be looking for? I say buy from the perimeters, buy from the perimeters. Okay. Don't go in the middle, right? Yep. Everything that's in the refrigeration section around the, the ends. <laughs> okay. That's where you buy because everything in the middle. Okay. Has been processed. And again, there's no bad food, all right? You can, if you can get what you can get, then it is. But try to buy anything from the ground. This is what I tell my students all the time. From the ground. If, it, if it's from the ground, if it's not been processed, that's what it looks like coming out of the ground, then you can eat it and pretty much figure out, well, I'm getting pretty much all the nutrients Mm -hmm. that the ground gave it without somebody taking something out of it. So you talked earlier about having your, your practice for X amount of years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what are some of the, you know, just based on your clinical experience, because now I, you know, I'm sure we can find studies on why people transition, but from a real life practitioner, what are some of the reasons why your clients, your patients choose to, you know, adopt a vegan lifestyle um, that may not be of the obvious, like either A, I don't want to, you know, hurt animals or B, just for better health. I mean, what are some of the other reasons that you've seen in your years of practice? It's people stay younger, longer. Okay. Um, they, their skin is better. They feel like they don't get acne, especially the younger patients. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their eczema goes away. 
Um, people that were on gluten-free diets don't have to be on gluten-free diets anymore. Um, they feel that um, the, the, the breakouts that they had before, that goes away. Um, people that have menopause symptoms mm -hmm. don't, don't have so many of those anymore. Um, now, this could be all conjecture. It could be the chiropractic care as well. Right. <laughs> because those go hand in hand. But it's also, again, it's a lifestyle um, change. Mm -hmm. I think people decide that it's not only being vegan. It's like, okay, I'm going to take care of my body. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to... And, and, and even if they eat less meat, Let's say they're eating less red meat. They're eating less chicken. They're eating, you know, better. Let's say better meat. Let's say they know their butcher. Let's say they know the meat that they're getting. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're eating a healthy animal. And what do I mean by a healthy animal? Okay. If they're going to a butcher that they know that that animal is being fed a certain diet, and it's a clean diet and it's not from a factory farm mm -hmm. okay and you have to know that you have to actually research that okay they feel better they're not eating stressed out meat i'm you know i'm not i'm not sure how much you you know work with athletes but you know what are you know how can a vegan lifestyle maybe benefit athletes and what are some you know considerations that um, you know, they should make to ensure that they get all the necessary nutrients? Well, a lot of people say, well, how do you get your protein? Well, how does a 3,000 pound cow get their protein? You know, because they're vegan, right? <laughs> okay. So protein's never an issue. Seems that we get enough protein. Okay. Um, it's, they seem to, and, and very low in body fat. Um, but it, you know, Dr. Gizelman, and you, you brought that up before. Uh, a mm -hmm. lot of people seem to, especially athletes, seem to eat all the time. Okay. Sometimes it's just getting enough calories. Okay. So they eat a lot. They eat a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they have to increase their amount of fat intake and good fats. You know, really good fat intake. And that's basically what it is. So they eat a lot of nuts and seeds. They eat a lot of, you know, vegan protein bars, like no cow. Mm -hmm. um, they, they work it out that way. I'm not, you know, saying that's just the way I'm not, you know, giving like a, that's one of the, the protein bars I've heard of that they yeah. eat. But, you know, I'm not saying I like that one too. <laughs> so, are, are, I mean, are you recommending like these vegan protein bars to uh, patients or are no, they? No, not at all. Not at all. I just, you asked me, you know, how they make up for their, you know, mm -hmm. lack of, you know, calories. Because I think that um, calorie density might be an issue mm -hmm. for some very high performing athletes. Um, but other than that, there hasn't been a problem. 
I think what they like about the vegan lifestyle is that it's a very lean body mass. So I guess they don't, they get to see their, their, their ripped body better. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, that's really key for a lot of the, um, bodybuilders, especially bodybuilders, you know, I, we, you know, Drew's an assistant wrestling coach and, you know, I worked with the wrestling team. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of the wrestlers, um, have to compete in certain weight classes. So, you know, in, in the research, I mean, I think it's typically listed as a, um, a weight class sport. So gymnastics. So I imagine you probably have more gymnastics, wrestlers, bodybuilders doing a vegan lifestyle than you would say your, you know, linemen or your yeah, runners. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a, a podcaster called the No Meat Athlete. Okay. He's an old podcaster. <laughs> He's not old himself. Right. But, yeah. yeah. And I mean, but there's, that's the only thing that I see comes up that they eat a lot. Mm-hmm. They, eat, they have to get a lot of calorie density because okay. they're working out a lot. So they need a lot of calories. Right. So is there is there a lot of research that supports, you know, the vegan lifestyle and performance, you know, is there mm-hmm. you know, any sort of performance measures like VO2 max or, um, you know, strength measures, power measures, like, um, you know, what would you say that effect of the vegan lifestyle is on athletes? I'm not um, a real expert on that, but um, I, I haven't seen anything that that is negating any issues with that, um, but I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know um, yeah. if that, I don't think that, what, what could, could you tell me why it, that there would be an issue? No, I just, you know, I, I didn't know if there was, you know, you know, any, any research that, you know, supports that i would have to look that up yeah i I don't know yeah Yeah. heightens performance i i think it's just just as good as any other lifestyle is what i'm saying i don't think that it's better or worse Mm -hmm. i don't think that any you know i'm just saying that you know here if a vegan lifestyle is so much more than just what you eat it's also, you know, we're changing the climate. We're changing, you know, we don't want to, to eat sentient beings. There's a lot to this. It's, it's more than just, um, it's more than just, you know, changing our bodies. It's changing a lot of bodies. So let me follow up on that because as a provider, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, as, as someone who's not, um, you know, doing a vegan lifestyle by any means, like if I have a client that comes to me and wants to, you know, really kind of dive into all of that. I mean, I feel like just listening to, to the one statement, like I, I don't know that I would be a very good, besides a listener, I don't know what I could really offer. So for the listeners, you know, who might be practitioners right now, like, how do you go about, how do you go about having that conversation with them to where the patient actually feels like you understand and care versus just the fact that I don't know? Like, how, how does that okay. go? So you can be open-minded about somebody who wants to eat more vegetables, right? Mm-hmm. And put more vegetables in their diet. 
because being on, you said a paleo lifestyle, right? Keto, ketogenic. Keto? Keto? Okay. So you can understand more about putting more vegetables into your diet. So you can understand that, okay, so how about all vegetables in your diet? (laughs) Okay. Um, And getting your protein source from vegetables. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's just going a little bit further. Really, that's all it is. Um, It's not, and and there's a lot more, like I said, it's a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. It's it's a little bit different from just um, a diet change. So for me at least, but let's say you're just talking about the diet, okay? Um, you switch out some things. So you're talking about tofu instead of, you know, eating if you did, or beans or something like that. This, it's not really big changes. But what about the, the conversation, you know, with, with the climate or the conversation mm-hmm. with, um, you know, animals? I mean, you know, we're from the Midwest. You know, Drew and I both grew up, I mean, hunting, like, you know, that's, oh, okay. you know, you can go out. So for me, the, the idea of not eating another creature isn't something that I'm really strong about. I mean, you know, so how do I have that conversation with, you know, somebody who may, like I said, you know, coming in wanting to do vegan. I mean, that's really, to me, I can talk about the, the plants and I can talk about vegetables and nutrients, but I don't really have a strong connection or understanding. And, and maybe it's not an understanding. It's just that strong desire not to kill basically you know what i mean like i mean because we have deer season and turkey season i think those are probably the top two here in iowa and i know they're really popular back in illinois how how do how does a practitioner really come together with a with a patient yeah i think that's one way to have that conversation you see you're killing your own meat okay and deer season and turkey season, you actually go out and you kill your own meat. Okay. You're not killing a cow. You're not looking into the eye of a cow. Okay. And killing it. Right. All right. That's a whole different story. Okay. All right. I have never done that in my life. I think you, you need to do that and take a look at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a problem with it, I see that's a whole different situation. I think we we live in a very, and I'm going to say it again, privileged situation where we don't have to kill our meat. Yeah. We don't have to go out and do that. Um, we can go to the grocery store, and I'll, and I'll tell you a story about one of my friends. She's, she was a chiropractor, and she um, lived in Nigeria for a short time. And her mother-in-law asked her to go out and get a chicken. And my girlfriend grew up on Long Island, and she said, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and she says, go get a chicken. we got to eat it tonight. And she's like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> and she says, what do you mean? Uh, what do you do in Long Island when you have to get a chicken? And she says, well, it already comes packaged, you know, <laughs> already cut up for you, plopped and everything. 
Her mother-in-law went in the back, got the chicken, snapped the neck, okay? Came back. My, my girlfriend was like this, you know? And the mother-in-law laughed, okay? For two days straight. <laughs> 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 Laughing at how we have the chicken already done for us. Yeah. Okay? I don't think in most places, and I've talked to my students about this, they eat meat as much as, and especially like a venison, okay, or or a lamb, especially my friends in Greece. When they, they have a lamb, they, they have it for the whole community, mm-hmm. okay? When you have your venison, you put it away for a long time. Will you share it with everybody that you, you know, everybody in the community, all right? When you kill something that big, it's... We in America eat meat every meal, every day. We eat a lot of protein, probably more protein than we should be eating, okay? And so it's a different, it's a different way of looking at the way we're consuming meat products in the United States. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could take a look at the way we consume meat products in the United States and eat less of it. We certainly need to do that for climate reasons. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm amazed at how, you know, I even have students, you know, cause we have a very diverse population here on campus and the amount of students that just don't know like where their food comes from. I mean, a lot of the students, they think if you want chicken, it just go to the grocery store. If you want beef, just go to the grocery store. I mean, that's where it comes from. Um, and so really, you know, you talked about finding a good local butcher. So Drew just recently moved and there's a butcher because I mean, I grew up in small town America. I mean, if the grocery store didn't have it, I, you know, I always knew about a butcher, but I never actually went. And then we found a butcher up there, um, you know, right outside of Des Moines. I mean, and it's, it's perfect. I mean, it has exactly what, you know, you know where the food's coming from. You can actually watch them. So, I mean, obviously if you're not into, you know, the whole meat stuff, I mean, you probably don't want to walk in and, and watch them, what they're doing in the back. But um, knowing, just knowing the source, I think is key, you know, and that's just part of education. I mean, the amount of students that just you educate and that goes with anything. Where do, where does your citrus fruit come from? Where does, you know, everyone thinks oranges from Florida. I mean, a lot of it's you know brought in from outside that's why what the two of you are doing to what you, you were saying before i mean it's really really important how you ed- how you guys are educating the students um because they don't know they really don't know um but what you hit on dr gieselman is really important you you know not everything i guess but you kill your own food. They don't know what that means. Right. Or a lot of students don't. I'm not going to say every everybody doesn't. But I think if you if you do that once in your life, at least once, you understand, you know, this is a sentient being. There's definitely an appreciation there. I mean, I think, you know, Drew as a hunter can say, I mean, it's there's an appreciation for being able to go out and do that. And, you know, I definitely think it's a, you know, a privilege to say that, you know, I've done it, but right. uh, it, it does make you appreciate what you have and what you have access to a lot more. I think I was going to say just kind of along those lines, um, you know, that concept of, you know, not 
killing your your meat or not um you know eating meat in this area of the country is you know, very foreign what are some misconceptions especially that people in this you know area of the country would um have or you know what are some misconceptions that you see a lot of with the vegan lifestyle because you know i am not you know super experienced i'm sure i have some misconceptions of you know the vegan lifestyle so i want to say the best the best vegan restaurant i ever been to was in texas really i went to an american chiropractic association conference Uh and it was in texas i got off the plane i went to this restaurant (laughs) it was the best restaurant i've ever one of the best restaurants i've ever been to and it was in Texas. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. And then I had everybody follow me. I'm like, this place is amazing. You must come. And they all came with me. And these are chiropractors, not nutritionists. They were chiropractors. <laughs> and they were like, where are you getting all these people from? <laughs> and why did they eat healthy food? Yeah. They were like, meat. I can't anymore. I can't. <laughs> So there's a lot of misconceptions, yeah. <laughs> vegan food is delicious. First of all, <laughs> people think, oh, just tofu? I can't, no, no tofu. <laughs> no, vegan food is some of the best food you've ever eaten. Gotta try it. <laughs> so that's a misconception, yeah. <laughs> no. That's definitely a, a, a good misconception because for the longest time, I mean, that's I often associated vegan with tofu. I mean, that's just it's like the it's like one equals the other. And then once you start looking at it, I mean, you really I mean, there's definitely bits and pieces like, you know, I don't know that I could ever or would ever eat an impossible burger myself. But, um, you know, the <laughs> ideas, the ideas of or the idea of, you know, vegetables and, and you know, all the fruits like isn't. Well, you check know, to out me, your local vegan restaurant, the best one in the area, okay? Highest reviews. Go in there and say, give me your best, <laughs> all right? And maybe you'll be very surprised. <laughs> I hope some listeners actually uh, do that and, and can write in and let us know what they think. Yeah. Um, tell us, you know, maybe if nothing else, I'll just send you a list of uh, reviews for all the major cities and then you can That's go try it. <laughs> So kind of getting close to the end, I just want to switch a little bit from, you know, just talking about the whole vegan um, lifestyle to just the idea of diets and lifestyles in general. You know, how, So you know, I think we talked about it at the beginning, diet, everyone hears diet and they think quick fix. I mean, no matter what your health situation is, you did not get here overnight. Right. You did not, you know, all of a sudden wake up one day, you know, obese or wake up one day anorexic or whatever it might be, the two extremes. So how do we get patients, clients, practitioners, whoever's listening to kind of change that mindset of diet away from diet into this is a lifestyle. This is what we live day in, day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how do we, how do we start by addressing that? I think we have to be a little more, a little kinder to ourselves and to our bodies I think we have to listen to ourselves and to our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a maybe. Um, I was talking about nutritionism. There's like a 
bad, it, it's maybe it's becoming this bad word <laughs> and we don't want it to be. Right. We don't want it to be. We want, we want, or maybe health is becoming a bad word. It's becoming a, pa- uh, like, we want health to be something that is achievable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what does health mean to us? What, is, what does health mean? Health means it's a lifestyle change. Okay. Take it baby steps, right? Maybe we don't need to make big changes. Maybe we need to love ourselves a little more. Maybe when we go to the table, it's not, okay, we're eating food that we don't like to eat because it's healthy for us. Maybe we need to love our food. Maybe we need to love ourselves the way we are Um, and not hate our flesh. That's a really Um, good message. Yeah, you talked, you know, you talked real briefly there about just, um, you know, baby steps and, you know, taking it one step at a time. You know, leave, you know, what what's one thing that you can leave our you know listeners with, you know, easy swaps, you know, if they're trying to transition you know, to a vegan lifestyle, what, you know, what's something you want to leave the listeners with to, you know, help that transition, make those baby steps? The best thing I think, and we talked about this a little before is, you know, Find things that are coming from the ground. Um, everything that came from the ground. When you eat rice instead of white rice, try brown rice. You know, um, that's an easy thing to do. Um, there's so many alternative milks out there. Try an alternative milk. I mean, pick one. <laughs> there's so many. Um, some are better than others, whatever you like. Okay. Um, take one that has less ingredients, um, usually five or less mm-hmm. without gums. Those are the, you can even make your own, you know, throw a bunch of almonds in with a date, take the pit out of the date. Okay. Um, with some really nice, fresh, clean water, right? Running through a, um, yeah, a handful of almonds with a date, run it through um, a blender, and then put it through a, 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 a old T-shirt or, or some gauze or something like that, and you have almond milk. You don't have to go to the grocery store for that. You just saved yourself $5. Yeah. That's, there you go. That's awesome. And it's really good. It tastes good. <laughs> what other... What other little hacks do you have? I mean, you're just kind of going along the whole. Oh, I got a lot of hacks. You got to bring me back for all the hacks. <laughs> <laughs> but, and if you want to try meat analogs because you're a meat person, okay? There are so many good ones now. Mm-hmm. Try them. Don't be afraid. The worst thing you can say is, ah, there, I have some. I have some meat eating friends, okay? And, and I and I snuck it in. And you know what? They're like, this isn't so bad. This is okay. I can eat this. I can eat this. It's okay. One of my bosses, he's like, this is good. And he's I thought I thought he was gonna know. And he yeah. didn't know. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's not me. He's like, really? 
can't yeah. believe it. I hear, I hear a lot of those stories. Well, Dr. Rosenfox, we greatly appreciate you taking the time out of your day um, to come on to educate our listeners. Um, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's always great getting a, you know, talking with providers of all different, you know, backgrounds. Um, so I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you. Well, Drew, Dr. Giesman, I really appreciate you mm-hmm. <laughs> inviting me on. I had a really great time. And um, anytime. Thank you so much. Before we wrap up, we want to take a minute to talk about the Council on Nutrition. I've been a member of the Council for five years now, and we've actually been published in their peer-reviewed journal, Nutritional Perspectives. The symposium that they put on is one of my favorite things to attend each year, and it's a great asset for getting my continuing education credits, meeting other professionals, and it's great for students and new practitioners like Drew. The Council on Nutrition is available to everybody from practitioners to our listeners and patients. You can find more information about joining and getting access to the annual symposium, publications, events, and more at www.councilonnutrition.com. This episode has also been brought to you in part by Iowa Performance Institute. Are you tired of wondering what foods you should be eating or what supplements you should be taking? At Iowa Performance Institute, we know that nutrition is about more than just counting calories. That is why we offer nutritional services designed to help you on your journey to achieving optimal health and wellness. Our team of experts create a personalized plan that is tailored to your needs. Whether you're looking to improve athletic performance or just want to feel better in your everyday life, we have the knowledge and experience to help you succeed. Invest in your health and schedule your free consultation today at performanceiowa.com. Listeners to this podcast can take an additional 10% off of supplements at Fullscript by clicking the link in the show notes. Wow, James, that was, you know, very new information to me. And I still feel like I don't know the half of, you know, the vegan lifestyle. Right. I mean, you know, it's definitely a complex topic. So I'm glad we had Dr. Rosenfox on today. Um, But, you know, as she stated, the vegan lifestyle is so much more than just not eating meat, you know, not eating animal products, not eating things with a face. Um, There's a lot of complex reasons for why someone chooses this particular lifestyle. Um, And so as providers, practitioners, you know, I think it's particularly important for us to know that um, and to consider those whenever we're going to have this conversation. But it's also something that, you know, our listeners who aren't providers who are just thinking about going to a a vegan lifestyle, like they're probably going and choosing that route for for several different reasons. And it's more than just, I don't want to eat meat, right? It's, It's the environment, it's the climate, it's things like that. So what was your uh, big takeaway from today's podcast? Yeah, I mean, my big takeaway from today's episode is that I need to do more research um, before I feel like I would be comfortable, you know, recommending or talking about the vegan lifestyle. Um, I, you know, I got to know more about it, especially for athletes. You know, I we, we talked a little bit in there about athletes and, you know, it's just maybe it is unknown, you know, what effect it has on athletes but i you know i've got to know that before i can tell my athletes you know maybe maybe make that choice so um i would have to make sure that there's research to back it up but i think there are definitely some good points in there and i just you know need to know more about it before i can talk about it yeah i couldn't agree with that more you know um you obviously had classes with me you you know know how i talk about research i mean there is research out there that can 
go both ways, right? It can support your topic if that's what you're choosing to look at. There are things that can go against your topic if that's what you're choosing to look at. Um, but, you know, just like when we talked about um, meat, not eating meat to lower cholesterol level. I mean, I, I know that's that's a concern I've heard patients say before, with, before starting a ketogenic diet. They're worried that eating all this meat is going to raise their cholesterol levels. Uh, when in reality, there's actually a fair amount of research and good research that just shows that, you know, our dietary cholesterol that we consume from diet plays little impact on the overall blood or, or serum levels. Um, so that's a, that's a big one. You know, our body produces cholesterol. It's a vital um, thing to have. And so, you know, just the idea of cutting it all out and that's going to lower cholesterol levels. I mean, I think we've seen uh, enough patients, enough evidence over the years that, you know, the cardiology, the realm of cardiology, just cutting out meat and cutting out cholesterol, cutting out fat doesn't necessarily portray the same whenever we do the blood work. So um, I definitely agree. So if you want to know more about any of the products or resources mentioned in today's podcast, make sure you check out the show notes for links. Drew, hope you have a great week. Yeah, you too. Remember, new podcast episodes will be released weekly and we'll drop on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more every Monday. Special behind-the-scenes clips shared on our social channels throughout the week. We appreciate everyone tuning in today. This has been Nutrition on a Mission, a podcast from the ACA Council on Nutrition. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Nutrition on a Mission Pod and follow Drew and myself at Iowa Performance Institute for updates on our guests and episode releases. Take care. The views and comments expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the ACA Council on Nutrition or the American Chiropractic Association.